Welcome to the official Guns Up Nation podcast, the premier voice for the fearless fans of Raiderland. Oh, 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 he's the worst Red Raider, unbelievable! The Scarlet and Black are back on the final bowl club, and they hail from Lubbock, Texas. Let's meet today's hosts. Hey, how's it going, everybody? Welcome into another installment of the Guns Up Nation podcast. I'm RC Maxfield alongside Tobias Bass down in H-Town. Tobias, how's it going, man? Doing, doing well, man. Uh, no weather report, good weather. Um, my, fam- my family's in town, so it's always good when family's here. There you go. There you go. Staying safe with the fam, too, I presume. Yeah. Uh, before, yeah. we get the podcast, before we get the podcast started, though, we got to thank our friends over at Two Docs. Be sure to go check out Two Docs over on 502 Texas Avenue in downtown Lubbock. You can get free shipping right now on $49 or more orders when you use the promo code GUNSUP on their website, 2DocsBrewing.com. Again, use the promo code GUNSUP, all capital, and you will get free shipping on orders of over $49. They got great beer, live music, great food trucks if you're able to go out there. If not, head over to their website, 2DocsBrewing.com. Use the promo code GUNSUP on any order over $49 and you will get free shipping and tell them your friends at guns up nation since you to buy so let's get into the headlines right now for Texas tech. I didn't drop this one on you. Um, I know that, um, well, at least I was at this, you know what? I, I think both of us were at this game. Um, but do you know what today is in terms of anniversary for Texas tech football, the four year anniversary? Mm, what is it? Mayfield versus Mahomes. Right, yeah, that's what I was. I thought about you going to say. Yeah, and no, we definitely both were at that game. Yeah, I was. Where, where were you sitting in that game? We were in the student section. Yeah, well, where? Like I how believe. deep? Were you far back? No, nah, we were. We were. We weren't always, you know, with the with the lifers in the very front, but we were probably like the back part of that section. I was definitely like where that, that little where that wall is. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, no, I was. I was one of the people you called. What'd you call a lifer? Yeah, the, the lifers, the ones that are just down there. You know, they've down there faithfully. That was me. That was me. Like, I remember you, you've met my friends, uh, Jack and then Mike. We got yeah. there. I can't even remember what time kickoff was. Let's just – because it was a night game, right? So kickoff was what, at like 6, 6.30? No, it, it, was, it, was, it was during the day because it was hot. It was hot that day. No, it was a night game. It might have – I thought it might have turned into night, but oh, it wasn't so like – it was an afternoon game. You're right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I just remember getting there super early. I'm talking like five, six hours before the gate opened. Yeah. And we were just like, Mike, Jack, and I, we were just playing cards and, you know, stuff like that before. And we got down and we were sitting um, first row on the 40-yard line in the student section. Hmm. So. Oh, no, 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 you had race seats. Yeah, it was, it was crazy. Yeah, no, that, no, we no, had. Yeah. We had the same exact seats we had for that game as we did for uh, the TCU tip ball, God loved purple more than red game, as I like to call it. But you know that that was a crazy game. Yeah, no, it 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 really was. Um, and then yeah, so for everybody that doesn't know, um, which I feel like if you're a Texas Tech fan, you know at this point it is the four year anniversary for that. Be sure to head over to GunsUpNation.com, Andrew. Uh, McCleary wrote a great article about his experience with that game, how he was at one of his friend's weddings and he had to watch the game on his phone. And he gives his argument why you should never have a fall wedding um, during football season, um, only if it's on your team's buy. And, um, you know, you know, it's one of those things where how much of a friend are they, Tobias? Do you want to skip the football game if it's a big game or do you have to go to this wedding? Because, you know, a wedding is great. It's just for that moment. Um, and the marriage is eternal, you know, but that football game, you'll never get to watch it live again. There's yeah, only yeah, one opportunity. Oh yeah. I mean, if you, if you have to go to the game, let's say like, it's like your wife's best friend. She's like, like you have to go. Okay. That type of thing. You're going to have to get your, maybe some AirPods or some device exactly. and watch the game. Cause like, I mean, you don't want to be that guy, but at the same time, you need to be that guy because, like, you're, like you said, you're never going to get a chance to watch that game in person. Like, you have to. Yeah. No. Yeah. And, and, and like I said, Andrew wrote a great story about it called Throwback Thursday Mahomes Magic. Really, really good stuff over there. So be sure to go check that out over on the website. Um, and he even left the link at the bottom right there to go actually watch the whole game on YouTube. But a lot of good stuff I'm, right there. 
What's up? I'm looking at like you know I'm looking at the stats for this game. There's so many NFL players like in there. I mean, yeah. it was a few years ago, six four years ago, but like even Mixon, he has two sixty three on the ground, two touchdowns, one hundred and fourteen yards receiving, three touchdowns, like. D.D. Westbrook, he hasn't been great in the NFL, but 200 yards receiving, two touchdowns. You know, Pat, 734 yards passing, five touchdowns. You know, it's just crazy, crazy to, like, to see. I, I remember that. That was crazy. Yeah. No, I mean, he and Andrew even went over that in the article um, that obviously Mayfield was a first, first overall pick, and then Mahomes went in the first round too. But this was everybody that got drafted in this game from either side. So Texas Tech had Kiki Kuti and then obviously Dylan Cantrell, Kiki in the fourth round, Dylan in the sixth. And then on the mm-hmm. Oklahoma side, it was Joe Mixon, D.D. Westbrook, Samaj P. Ryan, Orlando Brown, Mark Andrews, Bobby Evans, Drew Samoa, and then Ben Powers. So you're talking double-digit pro and, players and in Siebert, this game. And Siebert, I don't know if he got drafted, but he's in NFL too, their kicker. He's in NFL. Yeah, he didn't get drafted. But yeah, yeah, yeah like, he's also in NFL. It's just there's just NFL players. I mean, was Brooks was he was he on that team or he might have he might have been a freshman? I think it was just yeah. I think he was there. Yeah, but I yeah, mean, yeah, he played. He had seven tackles. Yeah, he another NFL player. Yeah, he was strictly talking from like just that game that played major yeah. minutes and everything. But yeah, yeah. no, absolutely. Broderick is also on the team. He he only had a tackle, but another guy that got drafted. I mean, yeah, there's ton wow. of NFL talent ton of NFL talent. On today's podcast, we're going to talk about Texas Tech football and how they're welcoming the Mountaineers who are bringing in one of the best defenses in the country to the 806 on Saturday. We're going to talk about Texas Tech soccer and their continued struggles. A little bit about Texas Tech volleyball as they're set to invade Austin this weekend and take on the number one team in the country. And then we'll also talk about some of the questions that y'all left. I think we only had one question, but we'll be sure to answer it. And then we'll talk a little bit about Texas Tech men's basketball as they started practice late last week. So, Tobias, let's talk about Texas Tech soccer a little bit. It's been a little bit of a struggle so far this year. Um, they're 0-3-2 now on the mm-hmm. year after they lose to number six TCU last Friday. Um, you know, there was a lot of high expectations for this group um, from both of us um, and everybody else as well, I'm sure, within that program. And It's just kind of weird seeing this happen, but when you look at it, the team doesn't have everybody that they're supposed to have. Right. So Yeah, I mean, like – Go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, we we talked about this, you know, off air that Ali Griffin hasn't played, Jay King hasn't played, you know, Penelope, she's played very little. You know, you have three guys, three ladies that are supposed to, you know, come in and play significant time and be productive when they're just not playing. The team's – it's a lot different. Like, we talked about this before, too. I think that – Coach knows that. I mean, I, we're just assuming this isn't being reported, but I think most all the girls are probably going to come back, and I'm going to just say this year doesn't matter, and let's just go for it next year. Yeah, which kind of sucks, but at the same time, you know, injuries and things behind the scenes that we don't know about are going to play a part in that, right? So, right. Coach Stone knows his team and that program better than anybody, and right. you know, you got to have to trust this guy. I think he's built enough trust. Um, over the years to trust him in the sense of he knows what's going on. He knows what to do here. And maybe Tobias is right, you know, in the sense of they're just kind of like, all right, we're going to get some girls, some really good experience this year in game against big 12 competition. And then next year, we're just going to put the pedal to the floor and go as fast as we can. So really interesting. Yeah. They're set to face off against Iowa state. The cyclones come in um, tomorrow night, actually in Lubbock, it's senior night. For the Red Raiders, it's going to be Macy Hargraves and Amanda Porter getting honored in that one. So you can watch that game on Big 12 now on ESPN+. And I don't know about you, Tobias. Do you own Big 12 now or uh, ESPN+. Plus? Uh, yeah, we have it over here now, yeah. Yeah, I actually enjoy it. Like, you can watch Double T Insider on there, um, as well as Texas Tech volleyball, soccer, and a bunch of baseball games will be on there, too. So, yeah. you know, I think a lot of people were pissed, like, oh, I'm just getting it to watch that one football game, you know, early on in yeah. the year. Um, yeah. But – I mean, there's going to be some good quality content on there. They're going to have Coach Beard press conferences and all kinds of stuff like that. And so it's going to be really cool to have that. Um, definitely not a must-have, but definitely a must-have if you uh, want to pay attention to the different kind of sports Texas Tech has outside of the big three. 
I think it's going to end up being a must-have, especially with basketball season coming up. There's going to be several games on there. I mean, last year, you remember, we had played a couple of games on Big 12. There was like a Kansas-Baylor game that was on the Big 12 never. I think Baylor played West Virginia. So now you're probably going to want to get it because you're going to be so many games you're not going to be able to see. So I would get it for people. Yeah, and even if like outside of just watching Texas Tech, you can watch other teams in the Big 12 and there's other yeah. good content yeah, exactly. on there. Um, actually, one of my favorite things, not a huge ESPN fan, but – I mean, that's a pretty cool product that they have going on right yeah, now, for sure. at least for the time being. Everything can change, though. So, again, Texas Tech women's soccer – or I shouldn't even say women's soccer. Women's soccer. Texas Tech soccer. Forget the women's aspect. There's no mm -hmm. men's team. Um, right. So, Texas Tech soccer will have senior night on Friday against Iowa State. And, again, only two seniors will be honored in that one. It'll be Amanda Porter and Macy Hargrove. So, head out to John Walker. And if you can't, you can watch it on – Big 12 now, ESPN Plus, or you can catch it on the Raider 88.1, our good old uh, old radio station back in the 806. So, Tobias, let's talk a little bit about Texas Tech Volleyball. Volleyball's headed down to Austin this weekend. They played number two Baylor. Talk about a weekend back-to-back -back for Texas Tech. They played yeah. number two Baylor last weekend. Competed with them a little bit. Um, early on in that first matchup on Thursday night, I got to watch a little bit of it. They came out just all systems going, but tip, in typical Baylor fashion, they're just the more talented team. Um, nothing wrong with that, losing to a team like Baylor. Um, and they, they won in five sets, and then Baylor came out on Friday and just routed Tech 3-0. But now Texas Tech heads down to Austin to play the number one team in the country, the only team in the country that has beaten Baylor. What kind of expectations do you have for them this weekend? Oh, I mean, this is going to be another, you know, game for them to get the young girls some experience. You said, like you said, they're playing the best team in the country. You know, um, I don't think people are going to have take favor, but this will be a good game for them, you know, get some big-time experience underneath their belt. You know, this team has been hot and cold. You know, maybe, you know, they're obviously going to go in there and compete to win, but, you know, you want to see something positive from them. They're good, but they're still beautiful. Maybe you can try to win a set in there. You know, maybe you can try to at least push the games to extend longer than people expect, and that will be a good uh, thing, I think, for Coach. Yeah, no, I think uh, we both agree Coach Tony Greystone has this program going in the right direction. Um, right. It's just when is that snowball effect going to happen? And it's slowly happening because, I mean, shoot, when I first started covering Texas Tech Volleyball, I promise you they were not competing and going five sets against Baylor. They just weren't. Right. They were getting yeah. housed every time, whether that was Kansas, Texas, or Baylor, the perennial powers in volleyball in the Big 12. They were getting housed by them, and now they're competing. Um, so that's a great sign to see. I mean, the talent level – across the board for Texas Tech is just getting better, where it's, whether it's Emerson Solano at the Libero, Allison Blouse, Samantha Sanders, both of them are um, transfers and Blouse and Sanders. Then you have Brooke Canis, Caitlin Dugan, Alex Kirby. I mean, there's a load of talent on this team. And the great part for them is if they all want to come back, they can come back next year. So this is just a building experience. Now everybody in the Big 12 still has that as well. But Texas Tech has been one of those teams that's, you know, stayed in that five to seven range of the Big 12, which isn't great by any stretch of the imagination. And obviously coach wants to be better, but it's just a matter of time before they kick that door down and they are in that top four. Um, and right. hopefully this year is that building step that allows them to kick down that door um, in 2021. But we'll see. Still a lot of great stuff to watch and you can watch them tonight as well on Big 12 now, ESPN Plus. So you can watch both of them um, in terms of Texas Tech soccer and Texas Tech volleyball this weekend on Big 12 now. So just another reason to get that product. Tobias, real quick, one more time. We got to thank our buddies over at Two Docs for today's show. Great beer, live music, great food trucks. Um, and I think the staff is probably one of my favorite aspects of it. JC and them do a great job of getting good staff out there that are respectful and always trying to be good to you and help you out. Um, they're located on 502 Texas Avenue in downtown Lubbock. And right now you can go on twodocsbrewing.com and use the promo code GUNSUP. Again, on twodocsbrewing.com, use the code GUNSUP, and you'll get free shipping on your orders of $49 or more over on their website. Again, that promo code is GUNSUP, and it'll get you free shipping on orders of $49 or more. Go see our friends down at Two Docs, support a local business, and tell them that Guns Up Nation sent you. All right, Tobias, time to talk about Texas Tech football. Um, they finally made the change before. You know, last time you and I talked, they hadn't made that change yet at the quarterback position. But give me your initial thoughts on Henry Columbia now being QB1 for Texas Tech. Um, I like it. I mean, Bowman, you know, he's had games, you know, he played okay. But I think Columbia knows the system better. He's been around coach, both coaches, you know, 
longer than him. I think he knows the system better. And I think that he might not be as talented as Bone, but he gets the system. He's going to make the right throws to the right people at the right time. So it's unfortunate for Bone, but I think right now for what's going on, I think, um, you know, Columbia, Columbia is the right choice. Yeah, I want to throw a conspiracy theory out there. Um, and I put this in our Guns Up Nation group chat. I don't know if you saw it. Um, just a couple, I think it was literally yesterday. Um, but like, what about if this is all just like a conspiracy theory type thing where it's like, what if they're starting Columbia to prevent Bowman from getting hit against this great West Virginia defense and to shut the fan base up and, and the media up about Columbia not playing enough? Um, what about if they're doing that in the sense of like they're saving Bowman? Like it's a conspiracy theory. Don't get me wrong. Like yeah. I don't think that's what it is, but like yeah. that I, I would be lying if I said that thought did not pop into my head. Like I was like, I wonder if they're doing it like just to like shut people up. Cause this is an awful matchup for your first yeah. start as a red Raider. Like oh, just real oh, quick, definitely. like before you get started, like I, I tweeted this out the other day, um, actually just yesterday, West Virginia will bring the best defense in the country to the 806 on Saturday. West Virginia allows just over 240 yards of total offense per game while also allowing only 4.05 yards per play, which ranks number one in the country. Not to mention their 11th in scoring defense, only allowing opponents to score 18.8 points per game. And then they have a third down conversion rate um, on defense that ranks top five in the country where they only allow opponents to convert on third down 25.9% of the time. And if you remember in Ames, Tobias, Texas Tech was 0 for 10 on third down. And then one more thing, um, West Virginia also ranks fourth in the country in sacks per game with four and eighth in the country in tackles for loss per game with 9.3. And they also have a guy that could also be drafted in the first round on their defensive line and stills. Um, there's still there's two stills um, and both of them are elite, but one's just better than the other. Um, but Tobias, you, you hear those stats. What does Texas Tech have to do to make sure that they can um, limit that ferocious so far anyway, Mountaineers defense from making a true impact on this game? Well, first, who would have thought that a Pac-12, I mean, a Big 12 team would have the best defense? Like, you see all the SEC teams, they're like it's struggling. It's that Neil Brown effect, man. It's that yeah, Neil Brown it's just, effect. It's crazy. Like, who would have who would have thought that? But um, I think what Tech has to do is, uh, one, no turnovers. I mean, Columbia, he knows the offense. I think he's going to have to be very poised. Like you said, they do get after the quarterback. Long's going to have to block. You know, they're probably going to be after him, but, you know, don't throw floaters up in the air hoping someone's going to get at you. Sometimes it's unfortunate, but you might just want to take the sack and say, you know, turn the ball. I'd rather you punt than you keep throwing interceptions, that type of thing. So I think I'm going to have to limit turnovers as much as possible. Maybe, you know, get the ground game going. We have a very good running back. Maybe get Thompson involved early and often. Maybe even if, you know, we love throwing tunnel screens, we throw him a couple of screens sometimes and get him open. Yeah, I'm really interested to see how they use the running backs now because obviously Columbia's come in and um, two pretty difficult situations. One was more garbage time related with Iowa State, you know. Um, but they used Xavier White a lot more when Columbia was in the game. Yeah. So obviously Thompson's going to play, but I wonder if, you know, with Columbia back there and them running a little bit more of RPOs and them actually, actually being effective um, with Columbia, does that mean Xavier White gets a little bit more runtime because it looked like him and Columbia had a little bit of a rapport on those RPOs. So I do agree with the run game and um, I think RPOs is going to be a big difference. I know I talked about it on the site again, gunsupnation.com. I wrote an article about what you can expect with Henry Columbia as the new QB one. And my main point was RPOs, you know, with Bowman, you can run an RPO, but if you're a defensive player, you ain't taking it serious. You know, it's going to the running back or it's going to be a tunnel screen out wide. There's no, yeah, in between. Sure. Um, with Columbia, it's different. Like you actually have to, you know, take into account, obviously the running back getting the ball and him passing, but he can also run a little bit. I'm not saying, you know, he's Lamar Jackson by any stretch of the imagination, but he's capable of getting, you yeah. know, seven yards or maybe a little bit more. Um, on an RPO if he reads it right. So really what I think is going to happen is Texas Tech, like you said, they do definitely have to limit the turnovers. Um, and I wonder what it's going to be like too because this is a homecoming game for the West Virginia quarterback, Daigie. He's a mm -hmm. Lubbock native. His brother played at Texas Tech. Tech. Texas Tech didn't really recruit him too much. He ended up going to Bowling Green and then he transferred to West Virginia, but he is a Lubbock native. Um, mm -hmm. So I wonder what that impact is going to have is, you know, 
does he have more pressure on his shoulders? Does he put more extra little pressure on his shoulders? Or is he just playing more free? Like, Hey, my family's here. Let's ball out. I'm back home. You know, um, we've seen it go both ways for athletes. So I wonder how that's going to play, but on the RPO aspect for Columbia, that's going to bring the linebackers in because they're going to have to respect the run a little bit more. And I was discussing this with somebody on Facebook. I forget their name, but in the RPO type setting, specifically in the big 12, it's different everywhere in different conferences and everything. But specifically in the Big 12, when you run the RPO, the linebackers come up more. And the yeah. safeties have to stay back because you still typically have, what, four guys that can run a route on the play? Yeah. So the yeah. safeties still have to stay back. So that allows you to have the middle of the field open. I think that's where Texas Tech really has to capitalize in the middle of the field because when you look at what Bowman was doing, he was throwing outside of the numbers a lot, whether that was a screen or just kind of throwing the ball up, you know, um, to Eric Azakama, Vasher, whoever it is outside, I think you're really going to have to use between the hashes and then between the numbers a lot more if you're Texas Tech because I think that's going to be the space provided for you by the West Virginia defense. And another aspect is I wonder, and I haven't heard anything, and if you have to buy us, let me know. Um, I haven't heard the status of Keyshawn Carter or um, Dalton Rigdon after the bye. Remember, Rigdon left the game with a concussion um, up in Ames, so – I don't know if they're going to be available, but if they're not, that's a huge hit to the Texas Tech offense, especially in the middle of the field. Yeah, it is. I think that, you know, if they're unfortunately not able to play, I think they need to use Vasher more in the middle of the field. I know we like to throw him, you know, deep fades and flies down the field, but he's a big receiver. He can, you know, get, he can jump in the middle of the field and go catch some of those passes. I think that him, we need to take away, not take away, but let him more run some deep posts or, you know, things across the middle of the field because he's a big, big receiver. And if you see him come and you – Safety season coming across his face, they're instinct. They're going to want to come up, and that's where I think you can sneak easy behind him or get creative with the um with the offensive plays that we run. I know we said we've been waiting on this, but you know, coach is supposed to be your offensive mastermind. Yost, you know, I'm still waiting for these offensive masterminds. You know, I'm not going to say he's going to be McVeigh. You know, some of these professional coaches, but but damn, you know, I want to see some crazy. We have good weapons. You know, there should be some misdirection. You know, let Basher come across the middle of the field and sneak easy behind him. You know, some things that we should see differently. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I don't know, maybe an offensive mastermind like that guy out in Arizona. Who knows? Yeah, um, for sure. But looking at the West Virginia offensive side of the ball, obviously their defense is number one in the country. I mean, there's not much else you can say other than when you put that number one next to a unit, good things happen usually for that team. Yeah. Um, but you look at their offense, they're led by their running back, Leedy Brown, um, absolute star at the position, has yeah. 515 yards on 81 attempts. He ranks fifth in the country in total yards, and he ran for 230 yards and two TDs against Kansas. Um, he will definitely be a big-time factor in this game, and I wonder if they're just going to try and make the Lubbock kid beat him because I, I, I wonder if Patterson will just, instead of making Brown beat you, will he just allow – Daggy to try and you know manipulate the secondary and just try to have this guy beat him yeah I mean with Lady Brown though I mean Tech we usually struggle with you know running back that can catch as well you know he has two receiving touchdowns on the year as well I think he has 12 catches but they're probably going to try to you know see if they can use him like a, they re a receiver from a uh, deuce from uh, Kansas State just you no know, just keep keeps keep giving the ball we have issues with tackling in the open field and I think this could be a game where Lady Brown he gets an open field he makes a couple of guys miss so you could see long touchdown runs or reception from him. But I think, yeah, I mean, you're going to probably have to put someone on him at all time and make the, make, you know, make the guy uh, beat you. But they're going to give it to Lady Brown early and often, I think so. Yeah, no, and, and you look at their wide receiving core right now. You have sophomore Winston Wright, Bryce Ford Wheaton, and uh, Sam James. Um, Wright is leading the way right now in targets from Daigie, um, and he also has um, 234 yards on 19 receptions, James has 18 receptions and Ford Wheaton has 13. So they really spread the ball around. And if you remember, they lost virtually every starting wide receiver they had last year. Yeah, um, yeah. So, I mean, really, when you look at them now, it's young at that position. But the position that kind of scares me when it comes to the Mountaineers, um, and we saw it up in Ames, is that tight end position just gives Texas Tech problems. Yeah. Um, and the Mountaineers, um, they – they underutilize their tight ends um, a bit, like Clint said in the article on GunsUpNation.com in our opposition um, report. But they all have nine receptions, so you have to be aware of them. And Texas Tech has proven that at least 
against, you know, Kansas State and Iowa State that the tight end gives them issues um, a little bit. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, it's that middle, that middle of the field seems like right there. You know, they, that's usually what you see quarterbacks. They take off from right there as well. So that, that area needs to be, I think, Mayweather. Someone's going to have to spy Lady Brown, but someone's also going to have to be on those tight ends as well because, you know, people seem to take – they see what Tech struggles with, and they're going to try to um, abuse him. But I think the biggest thing for us is just tackling. We say this every week, but – you can't you can't let him get in the middle of the field. Everyone spread out. You miss a tackle. You miss a tackle. He's gonna get 15 next yards, if not more. You're gonna have to tackle these guys as soon as they catch the ball. You know, maybe don't go up high every time. Maybe get them in the knees to bring them down to the ground. That type of thing. Yeah, we're talking to you, Eric Monroe. Tackle a tight end. Don't try and strip the ball like uh, yeah. Peanut Tillman, man. Actually, just try and get yeah. wrap the guy up and don't allow a 66-yard run and catch down the field to set up the opposition. So now let's talk about. Special teams a little bit. Texas Tech has struggled a little bit on that end. Um, you know, the Mountaineers, it's special team stars, their linebacker, uh, Loe, and their backup linebacker, Chandler Samodi. But Loe is the most, has the most appearances for them. Um, special teams is going to be a big factor for Texas Tech because, I mean, it hasn't lost Texas Tech games this year, but it definitely has put them in difficult situations where the defense yeah. struggles. Um, and that's another point I wanted to bring up, Tobias, is, you know, by no stretch am I trying to defend the defense. The defense has not played well this year, but the offense hasn't put them in a lot of great spots either. Nope. Um, especially at Iowa State and Kansas State. And, you know, I don't – again, I, I don't want to make it seem like the, you know, defense is, oh, my goodness, they, they'd be a top ten defense in the country. Like, no, they, they wouldn't be. But last weekend, or I guess not last weekend, two weekends ago in Ames – they were on the field for over 40 minutes, Tobias. There's no way you can win a game and ask yeah, your defense no. to do that. You can't do it, you know? Like, they were put in awful situations. Um, and and I, I don't know. I think Texas Tech's defense is definitely better than what it's perceived as. But at the same time, there's a lot of work that needs to be done in that unit. And I think West Virginia, albeit they haven't played greatest competition in the Big 12, you know, Baylor, Kansas, and now they're going to play Texas Tech. Um I think this is kind of, you know, a measuring stick. And obviously they played Oklahoma State too. Um, so they got one big of the powerhouse teams out of the way. Um, but you look at it, I mean, they've had a pretty easy schedule so far. So my question is to you on their defensive side, do you think it's the competition they played or are you taking this West Virginia defense seriously in the sense of they may not be the best defense in the country, but they're a top 10 unit? I think it's more of, you know, the teams they play, like I said, they play Eastern Kentucky 56-10. They get a bye week, an early bye week. They play Oklahoma State, they lose, but they only give up 27. Um, I mean, Baylor I mean, Baylor is not as good as they were last year. Kansas is what Kansas is. You know, they're not, they're not, they're not very good. I think it's more of the teams that they've played. Uh, you know, you know the, the, so with their last four weeks of the season, they play at Texas, TCU, Oklahoma, at Iowa State. We'll see if they're still the number one defense or how good this number one defense, per se, looks when they get there. But I don't – if I was Tech, I wouldn't be scared. I mean, you're going to respect them, but I don't, I don't think they're the best defense in the country. And I think it's just a product of who they played. I would be scared of Stills in the middle, though. That's a matchup to watch right there. Yeah. That's actually the matchup mm -hmm. to watch for me in the whole entire game um, is Stills – their defensive tackle. I mean, technically it's two, the Stills brothers, I should say. Yeah. Um, they are absolutely ridiculous. Um, Darius Stills, um, preseason all Big 12 first teamer. Um, pretty quiet thus far, only posting 13 tackles with zero sacks. But at the same time, um, he's wreaking so much havoc in terms of getting double teams and everything yeah. that – I'm going to butcher this guy's name, but he's a true freshman from Ottawa, Canada. Uh, Masidor has 15 yeah. tackles and four sacks for them. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those things where it's like the Aaron Donald effect almost. I'm not comparing yeah. stills to Aaron Donald by any stretch of the imagination. Like, he's going to make his impact, but the guys around him are really going to benefit from it. Um, and that's the matchup that I'm watching. So, stills usually lines up, you know, obviously at the defensive tackle spot. I wonder if he lines up on the right side. If so, that Jack Anderson and Stills matchup, that's going to be fun. But if you're obviously the Mountaineers, you want to get an advantage. I don't know why you wouldn't put Stills on the left side of the line against two guys that haven't yeah. had as much experience as Anderson and Berger. And then you could probably get more penetration that way 
Um, it's just going to be really interesting. That's the big thing for me in this whole game is the defensive line for the Mountaineers against the offensive line of Texas Tech, who have yet to surrender a sack this year. A lot of people are talking about mm-hmm. the Texas Tech offensive line being bad, and to a degree I would agree, but at the same time they have kept the quarterback upright. Um, and maybe that's because they're running so many screen plays and they, the defensive line yeah. didn't have a chance to get to the quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> um, but like that, that's the matchup I'm watching is the defensive line for West Virginia against the offensive line for Texas Tech. What's the matchup you're watching in this game, Tobias? I mean, that was, that's a good one. I would probably pick the same thing. You know, you look at the Texas game, they might not have a sack bone, but they were definitely getting after him. And he was very, very uncomfortable. You know, Columbia has probably more, more mobility, so maybe he can get outside the pocket and make some throws. But like you said, the line, you know, they haven't given up sacks, but they have been shown to give up pressure. I think that also goes to, you know, quarterbacks getting the ball out quickly. But, you know, if they're going to start throwing the ball in the middle of the field and, you know, wide receivers aren't getting open, you could see a couple of sacks. And they do have a very good defensive line. The biggest thing for me is just are they going to be able to get pressure without blitzing? Because if they can get pressure without blitzing, it's going to be tough for Columbia because you have those two good defensive ends, like you said. They're going to be able to get, get Bowman with just sending four. It's gonna be it's gonna be a long long game because they can just sit back there and just cover you know our good receivers. Yeah. Speaking of receivers, right now we got a question um, from good old Ryan, part of the Guns Up Nation crew. He asked a question on Twitter at AV Coach Smith. Um, in past in years past, excuse me, the offense went through a wide receiver from Hicks to Crabtree to Ward to Marquez to Wesley, etc. Why is the 2020 offense struggling to find their guy? And are they trying too hard to spread the ball around? Um, Well, I I don't know if I should be harsh, Tobias, or should I just be like, you know, I'm going to be harsh. I don't give a damn. Um, It's because of Yost, first and foremost. Mm -hmm. You you can't have a dominant wide receiver when your go-to pass, at least in the first four weeks, is a screen, right? Like there's only so much you can do. Um, and also I do think it is a product of passing the ball around two more. I, I seriously wonder, and call me, call me on my crap, Tobias, if you disagree, I seriously wonder how Yost and Wells view Vasher, because in my opinion, if he's the guy that you're talking about and like you hear his quotes, um, you know, obviously Vasher's had those issues off the field with school and everything. But when they, when you hear the coaching staff talk about Vasher, they, I wouldn't say rave about him, but they do talk him up. Right. Yeah. Like, why the hell are you not passing him the ball more? Like, why are you not trying to get him the ball in space? Same thing goes with Eric Uzakama. Like, you have guys on this roster that are really, really good. I think this arguably is the best wide receiving core Tech has had in five-plus years. Five-plus years easily. Like, but I get you want to spread the ball around, but at the same time, you have three potential guys, in my opinion, that could be the go-to guy. Like, hey, you need – let's say it's third and six. We know where the hell this ball is going. They have to beat us, but we're not going to beat ourselves because we know where the hell this ball is going, whether that's Keyshawn, Eric, or TJ. But you have to get the ball to playmakers in space, and they're just not doing it because they just want to run wide receiver screens all damn day. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's like, think about it. There's what, seven, eight, you know, passes that you can kind of already throw out. Like, Columbia's going to throw them all, what, 35, 40 times? Okay, eight to ten of those, you already know what the play's going to look like. We already know. So, you can, so, really, 30 of his other attempts, you know, he's looking for other guys. But Basher – even when we had Wesley, you know, they were moving Wesley around. He was moving all across the field. He was running all different types of routes. I don't understand why we can't do that with Vasher. Because, I mean, he's really only going to probably even see a double team when we're on in the, in the red zone. Anywhere else, you're not going to see that. You're not going to see that happen. Because you have yeah, other absolutely. receivers. You have a track star and Keyshawn Carter on the other side of the field. So, you're going to have to respect the deep ball when he's on the field. So, He's getting single covered for the most part. Unless there's a corner on these teams that we're facing, that's 6'3 or taller, which I don't think we faced yet. He needs to be coming across the field running slant drags. Poe, his route tree needs to be impeccable. He needs to be running every type of route imaginable. And I think, I mean, he can catch. He's a big, big receiver. I don't know why they're not using him more. I mean, he, he, can, he runs routes pretty – he's not the best route runner, but he definitely can yeah. run the – different types of routes and get open. I mean, hell, at the worst case in there, he can just post up in the middle of the field and throw it to them. They're not going to, they're not going to out jump him for it. So I think they need to use him more, but I agree with your point though. It's definitely Yost, you know, maybe it's when we start to label people, you know, these young or not young, but offensive mastermind, we're just so used to seeing it in other teams. I want to strip that title. I'm not seeing it is basic to me. 
It's, it's very, very basic. I'm not seeing an offensive mastermind these creative plays that are getting people open. Like, I'm just seeing a basic, normal Texas Tech offense with a bunch of annoying tunnel screens. I don't even think it's a normal, basic Texas Tech offense. Like, the Texas Tech offense is more creative than this oh, in years. Well, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, for sure, yeah. But, like, it, it is super basic. Like, like you said, you know – at least eight times a game, you can throw those out because they're going to yeah. be screens to the running back yeah. and they're going to be screens right. to a wide receiver. Like, you know that. So, I mean, it, for me, and to answer Ryan's question, I think it's just because, first of all, Yost, um, and the, um, on why they haven't had a dominant wide receiver this year, even though they have three, in my opinion, that could easily be dominant. Yeah. Um, it's Yost, and then they're trying to spread the ball around too much too. But at the same time, like I'm not even mad about them spreading the ball too much because I do think they have a really good wide receiving core this year. Um, the the fact of the matter is is Yost has to, and I mean he he has to use the middle of the field. And I I don't know if like something happened to him in his life where he just like says f going in between the numbers. Like I don't know what happened to him, um, but. Like, why the hell are you not using Eric Uzakama, who is 6'3", built like a Greek god, the prototypical – he's built like Justin Jefferson, and you're just using him as a freaking decoy on the outside and run, and run protection, and then you just so happen to throw it to him, you know, late in the game where the, it doesn't matter anymore. TJ Vasher, built like a freaking prey mantis out there. He's 6'6", but he's got go-go gadget arms. And you just like you just refuse to throw anything other than a fade, like you're saying. And then you had a track star. Then you have Dalton Rigdon. You have Polk. Like these guys can be used in the middle of the field, but you're trying to create space on the outside when that's going to hinder it. Because what happens when you're on the outside, Tobias? Outside yeah. of the numbers, there's a barrier. Yeah. That's a, that's another defender. Like the, yeah. the, it's it's another defender. So really, when it's one on one on the outside, right? It's really two on one because the corner yeah. in Vasher, there, there's the yeah. corner and the sideline, and it's up against Vasher. And and right. Texas Tech has proven this year that they have just not been good at throwing the deep ball, regardless of if it's Columbia or Bowman. They've just missed deep shots just consistently this year. Yeah, I mean, when you even look at like like Vasher, I mean, it's almost kind of even hard for him. I guess like if I'm a scout looking at potentially drafting and seeing, it's almost hard for me to see how, how much better has he really gotten because he's running, you know, these basic routes. He's not getting targeted. I can't even see what he does when he has the ball. I can't even see, can, is he a guy that can break tackle? I, hell, I don't know because he doesn't get the ball enough. Or when he does get his in the end zones, so it's like a two-yard reception. I, I, don't, I don't know. Then it's like, you know, Keyshawn Carter, you know, you can get him in space, but you have receivers. You have two receivers that run pretty good routes. I think Easy runs pretty good routes. And you have Basher, who's a big physical target. I think you need to use him. You need to use him better. There's different routes I think that he can run. Like I said, he's physical. He might not be the strongest of guys, but he plays bigger than what he is at least physically. You could throw him a good post or a cross or a slant across the middle of the field. I think he'll be fine. Like I said, maybe he doesn't like the middle of the field. Uh, Joe's doesn't like it. I don't know. I don't know what the hell happened to him in his life. Like, did did something traumatic happen to him in the middle of the field? Like. And, like and last time I checked, when you have big receivers like that, I thought they were supposed to go across the middle of the field. If you see any, I'm like, I'm not trying to compare him you to. Mean a, you mean you mean the tight end, like a tight yeah, end? Like, <laughs> yeah, like I thought when you have big guys like that. I mean, you look at it from pros to college. You know, Mike Evans, Julio Jones, Devontae Adams. They run a lot of their routes. Kenny Galladay. They run a lot of their routes across the middle of the field. Maybe, like I said, maybe you know. I don't know. Maybe, like you said, Yo doesn't like the middle of the field. But I thought that's where big receivers usually like to go. But, you know, because you put a safety on Vash, he's probably going to get stiffed arm to the ground. Probably, he's definitely not out jumping him. So I don't, I don't see what the issue is. Yeah. I, I, uh, a lot of qu- – it's got to change this weekend because I'll, I'll tell you this right now. Um, if Columbia looks bad, I don't see any scenario where David – where Coach Yost is the offensive coordinator. Uh, nope. by the end of the year I really don't like that can be your guy Matt Wells like it, he can be your guy I get it like Tobias if you were if you were the offense coordinator and you were calling you know plays like David Yost right now and I was the head coach you would have been fired yep. like you, you you'd be fired like it, yeah, I'm sorry that's just how it works like like you said you're supposed to be an offensive guru and it like this is a package that like you run when you have in Madden, right? When you're yeah. you're rebuilding a team and you're using yeah, no a quarterback talent. and you're using yeah. a quarterback where there's no offensive line and you're like, I legit have two seconds to get the ball out, like, 
and we're t- and we're using a quarterback that's like I don't even know like Andy Dalton or something or, or like he can't really move and you're just like I got to get the ball out quick and I have no playmakers but you have playmakers like everywhere this is arguably yeah. the greatest set of playmakers including the running backs tight ends and wide receivers that Texas Tech has had in five plus years like what the hell are you doing I mean, even like Cliff, you know, he thinks differently offensively, but he made Nick Schmidt look look good, you know. Yeah, and he, they you went know, to a bowl game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, we, he, he didn't have nowhere near the offensive talent that he has now. So I'm saying, if he can make Nick Schmidt and call some creative plays, you know, Cliff thinks differently than, you know, I'm not trying to compare the two, but I know for a fact Alan Bowman has a better arm than them. I know that. I mean, we, we know this. The team knows this. He has a better arm than them. So you can't make creative play calls, you know, get into your talented receivers like I don't he, he has to go yeah I just I don't understand like and and I feel like I've been pretty like laid back in the whole thing like in the sense of I did like the hire by Wells I know you weren't a hundred percent on board with it at first I remember I don't think chastised is the word that's not fair to say but I definitely got a lot of flack from you Andrew and Derek when that was announced on our radio show and I said that I liked the Matt Wells hire and y'all kind of went off on me if you remember that um but for me like I don't mind the Matt Wells hire the hire that just bothers the hell out of me right now is Yost like and I, I mean, get well, it was a package deal but damn, damn like what is going on I mean look at Tennessee's head coach he fired his buddy the defensive coordinator and he signed a two-year deal he fired him in the first seven months he fired him the other day so I'm not saying you know I'm trying to call for a man Jacques I don't want to see anyone get fired but exactly. I mean it, but you, this, but this you, is, have to, you have to do something to keep that job. Yeah, like anybody. Yeah, yeah. Right, anybody. You know, and like I said, when you have talent, and I mean, I think that, you know, Coach Wells probably needs to – I don't want to be dramatic, but I feel like it needs to be almost a come-to-Jesus moment. Like, he needs to sit him down. Agreed. We have talent. We have talent. Like, like, like you know, and, here, and here's what's going to make me matter. Next year, when you have a – He's a freak at the quarterback position. You don't need to limit him because, because like I said, he's very, very, very talented. And, you know, I'm going – I mean, I don't want to assume things, but I think, you know, some of the guys are, are weapons that we have, most of them are going to come back. And, and you you're don't talking wanna, about Byron Morton real quick. Just yeah, more, yeah Morton. Go ahead. Right. Sorry. I don't think you shouldn't be getting in the process of when you're limiting quarterbacks. For, I mean, obviously, they're not thinking about Norton next year, but, I mean, Bowman, he has talent. He has a good arm talent. You know, Columbia has talent. He, he can, he, he's a little bit more mobile. You don't need to get in the neighborhood of start limiting your quarterback, especially when you have talent around him. You're going to have a quarterback next year that's special. You don't need to get into that business of doing that because you just it – makes, it makes it hard for just a lot of for the recruiting, the, the kid and the self. You know, I, 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 don't, I haven't spoken to – I would assume some of the receivers, some of the players are probably frustrated, you know, with their lack of targeting. They have to be. You know, lack with, with creativity. I mean – Easy. They called him Hollywood in high school for a reason. Like that—that that, that was his nickname. You know what he brings to the table. Yeah. It, for for me, it's when I talk about Yost. I think the most frustrating aspect of the whole ordeal with him is that a good coach adapts to his players. Right. You put your players in a good position to succeed. Everybody knows that. Like, for example, you know, especially in this kind of situation where you you inherited Bowman. Right. Bowman was not your right. recruit. Right you have to adjust if you're a coach. Like, mm-hmm. I think everybody would agree that Bowman has more arm talent and Bowman is probably more talented in the sense of over Columbia, right? Like, yeah. is Bowman a great Big 12 quarterback? Probably not. Like, you know, there was early on yeah. in his career that he was getting compared to Brock Purdy and all that kind of stuff. They were in the same vein together. And, yeah. uh, you know, he probably got overhyped a little bit. It happens. Like, but at the same time, like if you're a coach and you're seeing that what you're using your quarterback in is not working, you have to adjust. Like right. these screens are not working. Use the middle of the field for Bowman. I, I just want to know how you can so drastically change from the UT game, right? Where they, they actually used the middle of the field a little bit that game. Like it was completely different. From You go from UT, right, to Kansas State. Right? Like, what the hell? How do you change your playbook that much, bro? Like, I don't yeah. know if you used the middle of the field five times that whole game. And if you did, it was because Henry Columbia came in and had to use it. Like, yeah. that's the thing that just bothers me is how is he not adjusting and seeing this in terms of I have all this talent and I'm not putting it in the proper situation. You know, there's some self-reflection, like a come-to-Jesus moment, like you said. Yeah. You have to look at the man in the mirror eventually and be like, all right, yeah. I'm the problem here. 
I'm the problem. Mm -hmm. I have to adjust. If I'm the coach that everybody says I was when I showed up here and I'm the coach that I think I am, I have to adjust to my players. And he just hasn't done that. And and it's frustrating because, you know, I, again, we're, we're talking about a, you know, perfect situation here. If you put Patrick Mahomes on this team, holy Mm -hmm. damn, like, holy damn. Right. If, if you put really anybody, like you, you put Davis Webb on this team, I think it'd be better. Davis Webb, like mm-hmm. Davis Webb did not play great here. You know what I mean? Yeah. But like Nick Shimanick plays better here. Like, I, yeah. I, I, and maybe the common denominator is Cliff. I don't know. But the thing is for me, when the, the packages that you were running, like you said earlier, are just so damn basic that you cannot get your playmakers in space. Every throw seems to be contested, right? Yeah. yeah, like, what the hell are you doing? Get your playmakers in space. The air raid is all about space. That's yeah. all it's about. And, like, I, I, if you want to go look at a prime example of it, go Google Graham Harrell on Fox um, pregame show talking about the air raid. I thought he perfectly described it, and everybody's calling for Graham Harrell to be the next head coach. I think we've already seen how that works out in terms of an offensive yeah. genius coming in with no head coaching experience. But – at the same time, like, if something doesn't change with Yost, he's got to go. And then I'm telling you this right now, Morton will start next year because it will give mm-hmm. Wells a longer leash in the sense of he'll be able to say, like, well, I'm starting a freshman quarterback. Freshman quarterbacks aren't supposed to be great right away, so he buys himself yeah. another year. That's what's going to happen here. And also the fact that Texas Tech just – the athletic department doesn't want to pay the money that's guaranteed to him. Yeah, but like you said, I've never – seen Bastion able to catch a pass when he was in space was able to you know his yard his his yak has to be has to be terrible because he he's always getting tackled immediately easy tackled immediately unless they're just flying wide open and scoring long touchdowns like that I don't really I don't really see you know them ever having a pass where they're just they're open in space they're able to make somebody miss and I mean you know other teams are doing it. Why can't we do it? Some teams don't have nowhere near the weapons that we have. And I don't understand why he can't do it. But I think that Well needs to sit him down, have a coming Jesus. Maybe they can go over some plays together or something. I don't know what they need to do. Maybe play Madden for, for a couple of days and figure out some type of play call they need to do to get these guys. Yeah, no, it's um, definitely frustrating. Um, real quick, we got time for just one question or one thought real quick. Okay, Tobias, I know you said we are going to talk about Texas Tech men's basketball, and this is where that's happening right now. Um, John Rostein, I think a lot of people follow him on Twitter, um, mm-hmm. tweeted this out the other day. Several Big 12 coaches believe that Texas has the league's most talented roster from top to bottom. Longhorns return 100% of their scoring and add Greg Brown. We both have a lot of thoughts here. Um, I'll let you go first, though. I don't. First of all, I want to know who – we're never going to find this out. But I want to see who is we. Also, how many is several, real quick, just to put that in there? Yeah, it's, several sounds like a lot. Yeah. Like, like, several makes like, me think was, like seven. Yeah, I was going to say over half. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was going to say over half. And I, I don't – I don't understand where they get information from. Like, Matt Coleman, he played decent last year. I mean, I think last year was the first time Texas – well, they had a big man that didn't get drafted in the first round. I think that was like the first time it um it didn't happen. But they're I mean they they have a they're they're okay. Like they have they have a good backcourt. I mean they have they bring back a ton of experience. But I feel like ever since Shock has gotten there, they pretty much under they pretty much um under underachieved. So last year you had Matt Coleman, he was twelve points, three assists, three rebounds. Andrew Jones, you know, he was coming back from um he had, well, he had a he had a disease or a sickness that he came up. He had eleven points. Irving Texas. Courtney, yeah. He's very good. Courtney Ramey, he he started playing a lot of minutes late, but he can uh he actually he, he can shoot a little bit. Um, Jared Liddell, he was like a high four star recruit. He barely played. Donovan Williams, he's from Houston. He went to a school in my district. He was like a high four star recruit. Didn't play. You know they add in uh, Greg Brown, who's super talented and athletic, but I don't. They don't have a better backcourt than Baylor. They don't have a better backcourt than um than uh Kansas. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't think they have a better backcourt than Tech. What he's saying, if he's saying that most, he's saying that that's they with think McClung, that can, though, right? You're assuming that McClung yeah. gets the waiver. Yes, assuming McClung plays. What he's saying is they have a good shot to win the Big Twelve. That's what I heard. I'm interpreting at least. Uh, sounds like it. 
I mean, you, you say a team has the most, you know, the most talent. You're you're saying that these several people, which I don't, they have to be people in their own locker room. That's that's might be what he meant. But I don't. I'm not. I'm not seeing this. This Matt Comb. He didn't light the world on fire last year. He was he was average. I mean, he 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 had those moments where you were like, oh, maybe this is the yeah. game that Matt Coleman, you know, puts it all together and then it builds off of it. No. And just like okay. for me, like, again, when I hear several, I think of more than half. Um, yeah. Maybe that's not fair on my part. But listen, let's let's say everybody gets a waiver that needs a waiver in the Big 12, right, including Mac McClung. They're probably the fifth most talented team, in my opinion. Okay, like, yeah, you can argue. Like, Baylor and Kansas, they're by themselves yeah. in terms of talent, yeah. in my opinion. Like, Tech. Uh, yeah, they're in a tier one. And then tier two is Texas Tech and West Virginia. I think there's a substantial gap between Texas and West Virginia, but I would put them in the same, gap, in the same tier. And yeah. then I would probably put Texas in a tier of their own in tier three with Oklahoma in tier four – um, you know, and I don't, and then Oklahoma State right there with them, and then I think you know the rest is kind of in their own tier at the bottom. And this might not be fair, but Kay Cunningham, he's better than everybody on the team, and he hasn't played. He has, we haven't seen him play a minute. Oh, I mean, you could argue Kay Cunningham is the most talented guy in the Big Twelve. Yeah, I'm saying. You, I mean, I, I don't really, I don't even know if it's an argument. If we're just strictly going yeah. on talent, he probably is. Yeah, he probably is. Yeah, I mean, so when you're talking like, I mean, obviously Oklahoma State, we, they they can't go to the tournament. We haven't seen them play yet, but. K by himself individually, he's better than all of them. So for them, for him to even say, as far as having the, one of the best backcourts, I don't even think that's even fair to say because one guy on one team individually is better than all of them. If the other guard and Chris uh, likely, he played very well last year. He played yep. very very well. If he can be any what what he was last, year, I could argue that they're better. I could argue it. Then they have a, I could argue it. Yeah. No, and we'll talk more about basketball and give our bold predictions and everything for the Big 12 and just how we see the conference going out. But, like, that was just a blasphemous tweet. I was just like, my goodness. I want, And like you said, we'll never know who these quote-unquote several big coaches, Big 12 coaches are. Um, but, my goodness, that was awful. When I read it, I was just like, they, they have to be all assistant coaches of – Texas Tech and whatnot, you know what I mean? Like, or not Texas yeah. Tech, but Texas. Um, yeah. I was just like, my goodness, like, what are, what are you talking about? Like, Baylor literally brought back everybody except for one guy. Um, Kansas, they don't rebuild. They reload. Everybody knows that. Yeah. Texas Tech did the same thing. Like, was Texas Tech what they expected to be last year? Absolutely not. But at the same time, they lost a guy that, come to find out, was going to play a lot more than we thought he was in Tyreek Smith all year, and that really hurt their depth at the front court position. Um, yeah. You look at West Virginia, they didn't really lose anybody. Um, nope. And then obviously Texas didn't lose anybody either, but at the same time, Texas was struggling to make the tournament. Um, and then you already mentioned Oklahoma State, and then I think Oklahoma is a solid team as well. I think there's a drastic drop-off after that. You know, the Iowa States and Kansas States of the conference yeah. and stuff like that. But for me, like, most talented team, like – and another aspect, what does that even mean? Like, yeah, what, yeah. What, what does that mean? Because, like, I, 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 I don't understand. Like, everybody has a different interpretation of everything. You know what I mean? Yeah. Everybody has one. But, like, what does that mean, most talented team? And if, and if I'm Shaka, I don't even want people even saying that to me because he no, has to be on. No, no, yeah. If you're Shaka, you're like, oh, God. I don't even want no, no, please this. stop. Like, I'm already on the hot seat enough. Don't do this yeah. to me now. Don't put higher expectations. Because like, if they – because let's say that becomes the narrative and they're 15 games in and they're a game over 500, even two games over 500. He's, he's probably gone because the narrative has been since yes. the We have one of the – several coaches have said that we're one of the – Best teams, in, most talented teams in the Big 12, he's probably going to get let go. He has to. You have like, to get let go. Like, it's one of those things where, like, we thought for the past, what, two years, Shaka was going to be gone, and somehow he just yeah. hangs on by a thread. Like, give that man credit. I don't know what thread he's picking out of the threads, but he is holding on strong to that thread. Um, but, yeah, like, I mean, for me, again, there's tears to this. I would put Texas – like, in their own tier of talent. Don't get me wrong. Like, they're in tier three, but they're alone in tier three. 
Like, for me, it's Baylor and Kansas, clear bets two teams in the Big 12, in my opinion. I think a lot of people would agree with that. I think, I think Baylor and Kansas, if I, I haven't made my top 25 yet to start the season, but if I did, and this is me just, like, not looking at it, they'd probably both be top five, top seven teams, right? Yeah, and then you, yeah probably, yeah. And then you look at it, Texas Tech, West Virginia, I would probably have them both as top 20 teams. Um, probably yeah. even higher than that, maybe even top 15 teams. And then Texas, I mean, I might put them in the top 25. I might, but they would definitely receive votes. You know what I mean? Yeah, they receive votes. They receive them. Um, even Oklahoma State would receive a vote or two, vote, probably yeah. just like, you know, one or two, and they would be ranked if yeah. you went all the way down like 39th or something yeah. like that. But like to put them in the same category as like, a, because when I hear the most talented team, that means they're automatically up there with Baylor and Kansas to me. Yeah. And that's no, they just idiotic. Now. They're not even in the ballpark. They're not even playing the same sport right now, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Now, obviously, everything can change when you go out there and play the game. Like, I mean, shoot, we thought Texas Tech could win the Big 12 last year. That didn't look, work out really well. Um, but, like, everything can change when they go play. But right now, to put them in the same ballpark as those two teams, like, don't even bring Texas Tech or West Virginia into it. You just talk strictly about Baylor in Kansas, that's idiotic in my opinion. There's no excuse yeah. for it. Yeah, there's no, there's no excuse for it. I, I want to see who they um, – what tournaments and things they get in because I know I've been talking around. There's only one team. They wouldn't even tell me who it was. Well, there's one team in the Big 12 they have their schedule made. Everyone else is – Well, if you heard Chris Beard talk the other day, they said that Texas Tech's schedule, he predicted it would be out. And this was a – this was – maybe last week that Texas Tech, he thought their schedule would be out in a week to 10 days. So it might be Texas Tech. Yeah, it might be. Because yeah, you got to remember wanna... Texas Tech, they already, they're already in that tournament with Gonzaga, Houston, and um, who's yeah. the other name? Is it Cincinnati? Yeah, Cincy. Cincy. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, or, is it Cincy or Auburn? I thought it's it was Auburn now, right? It's Auburn now. Are they, did they, oh, did Cincy drop down in the Swiss with Auburn? I think it's Auburn. I think that tournament now mm -hmm. is – um, Gonzaga, Auburn, Tech, and then I forgot the other team that I said, but um, not Cincy, but the other one. Um, and Texas Auburn. Tech will play them first. No, no, no. Texas Tech will play them first. Um, I forgot who it was, though. But Auburn's in it, I think. I, I need to go double-check that. But, um, yeah, so, I mean, if Texas Tech has their lineup or their schedule already made, it could be them right now, if I'm being honest. So, Real quick, Tobias, what, what else do you think right now in terms of that right now? Like, uh, obviously, Texas Tech, um, they, they have the Gonzaga game apparently on there. It could be Auburn and Gonzaga. I'm trying to find it right now. Um, Houston's down there. It's, so, yeah, here it is. Auburn's non-conference schedule. It's Gonzaga and Auburn will play. That'll mm. be their first game of the year. The winner of that game will play the winner of Texas Tech and Houston. God, so all four of those teams are going to be ranked. Those are, honestly, right now, if you ask me, like those could be all top fifteen teams. Yeah, like not in that for, tournament right you. now. Like it, it might be top twenty, but it could well, easily be top fifteen. Where is it going to be at Vegas or Florida? Uh, it's going to be in Orlando. Orlando, yeah, Florida. Yeah, that, 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 that that's that's a good tournament. That that's, yeah. that's no that that's, that's a that's a. That's a especially since you can only play so many non-conference games, that's a huge yeah. win for Texas Tech. Because they were going to play Gonzaga already. But, I mean, and then, yeah. you, and then not to mention, they get to go down to LSU. I mean, that's, those are three good games for Texas Tech regardless, right there for just resume builders. Because LSU is not going to be great. But, again, you have to go down to LSU. Yeah. It makes it a big factor. And, and then, I mean, in the LSU, they brought back, you know, majority, other than Trenton Wofford, I think they – he probably even came back. I think – their whole team pretty much came back, other than Scotland Mays. Yeah, I think everyone came back. But um, but now if you if you can go two and zero in that tournament, I'm not trying to you know force, but if you go two and zero in that tournament, you're, you're going to be a top, you're top easily, easily. Cause, easily. Cause, I mean, because Gonzaga's ranked one, so they would they would automatically fall. And Auburn, and what I've seen is ranked like six or seven. Houston, yeah, from Auburn what I've seen, team. has been ranked in that fifteen to eighteen range, and Texas yeah. Tech has been anywhere from ten to twenty. So like. I mean, that's a resume-defining yeah. type deal right there for those teams. And have you seen what uh, Baylor's trying to do? They're in another thing. They're trying to play Gonzaga, Illinois, and uh, whoever the number four team is, they're trying to play all of them. Dear God. The, fir the first five weeks of the, the first five games. Good Lord. 
they 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 said they want all the smoke. They want all of it. They said they, they're trying smoke. to play all like, of them. Like that's disrespectful to smoke. <laughs> like that's they, more they, than smoke, man. Like golly. Like also, Coke. anybody else find it funny? Like, um, you know, there's all these like things out there saying like we're gonna try and limit travel, right? Yeah. But Gonzaga's over here, like, nah, bro, we're going anywhere and everywhere. You know? Yeah, they're going everywhere. Like they're in Washington, they're going to Florida. They might go to Texas. They might go to New York. They don't give a damn. They're going anywhere I'm, and everywhere, bro. I, I mean, Baylor, they're going from from Waco to Orlando, up to Indiana to play Indiana. Then they're gonna are they either taking a pit stop in New York to play somebody, or they're coming back in the Midwest, like Asheville or someone to play someone. But yeah, Baylor they're trying to play Baylor they're trying to play Gonzaga, Villanova, and Illinois. Villanova's ranked three. They're, they're going to play one, three, and four. That's what that's what that's what Coach Tadashito trying to do. I mean, if they they're number two. Yeah, they're number two. So you're going to see <laughs> they're going to play the the preseason three best teams in the country. Well, they're they're. They're playing that tournament, or like not the tournament, but that showcase classic. You know the yeah. Dickie V thing. Yeah. They're literally playing yeah. all the teams. <laughs> They're playing all of them. They, That's wild, like, man. I hey, mean, shout out to Baylor though. That takes some stones, yeah. man. I'm down for yeah. it. Yeah, I mean, and think about it, their first game of the year. I think they're playing Gonzaga or Villanova. So you're, you're gonna so that <laughs> Thanksgiving right. day or, or the 25th that they're gonna play one though. So they're starting off the gate. One versus two or two versus it. three. I love yeah. it. Hey, you know, I'm, I don't typically like Baylor, but when they're doing stuff like this to give us quality entertainment, shout out to you guys, man. Like, let's roll with it. Yeah. I was listening to a podcast with Coach Scott Drew, and he said we want all the smoke. He said we're not ducking anybody. So he is – the thing is, that can either go really well for them or really, really bad. Because you, if you start off 0-3, good Lord. Like, yeah, like, but, but, and which is – but it's not bad, though. It's not bad. You lost literally one, three, and four, man. It's not going to hurt you. Yeah, no, no, it's not, it's not going to hurt you, but it's just like – because the thing is, how many times can you get your team up? You know what I mean? Okay, think about the Big 12 sure. is his own animal. Big 12 is his own animal. We already know how tough the Big 12 is going to be this year. But your first three games are Gonzaga, Villanova, and uh, Illinois. When they come back from that trip, I don't even know how like how how are they even going to be? Because you can because then you still have to go to Indiana and play them. Indiana's not bad. Well, th- this is my thing, I, and I think this goes for everybody. I think nobody will have a problem getting up this year because, especially a team like Baylor, because they brought yeah. virtually back everybody and they didn't have their chance at winning a national championship last year. Do I think they win it? Probably not, but they didn't even get their chance. They didn't get you know? a chance, yeah. So I, I, I think they're out, like Scott Drew was saying, like they want all the freaking smoke. And I think to a degree, Texas Tech is doing the same thing with this tournament down in yeah. Orlando, but Baylor's going to like the craziest degree in terms yeah, of like, no, they, they want one, three, and four. Like back to back yeah. to back, let's, let's get it. And you're going to play – then you're going to come back home – or come back to Big 12 play, then play Kansas Tech twice. You're going to have West to play Virginia. West Virginia, Texas, oh, the most talented team in the Big 12. Not to you got Oklahoma State, yeah. Oklahoma State, Texas, the most talented team in the Big 12, allegedly. So you're going to be playing, you know, you're going to play – each of those, that's 10 games right there in your Big 12 schedule alone. You yeah. know, that, that's, that's just – that's tough. That's, that, that's 13 games right there where you're getting hit in the mouth left and right. Yeah, I mean, you're going to have to just – Keep your team, you know, and, and the thing is, too, that's why I mean, I love, you know, talking to good coaches, even like Coach Beer, you know, when you, if, let's say they go 3-0. and Do you know how high their horse is going to be? He's going to have to keep them, like, calm. If you, if you beat Gonzaga, Villanova, and Illinois back to back to back. Oh, you're talking about Scott Drew? Yeah, you're going to feel invincible. Oh. Like, you're going to – I would. Like, it would well, be hard for me to not feel that way. Well, I mean, just think about it. Texas Tech is going to play Houston first. I don't think that date has been confirmed yet, but yeah. they play Houston first. Houston's the top 15 team. That's a hell of a win in its own right. And oh, yeah, yeah. I think everybody would assume Gonzaga wins. So you get a chance to 15 and then one. Yeah. And Out the jump. I'm, and if you go 2-0, and oh, like, geez, okay. You know, I don't know what the rest of the non-conference looks like, but if you go 2-0 and in that tournament, I'm assuming you're probably not playing a lot of major competition after that it's probably regionalized um but damn that's a hell of a start right even if you go one and one i don't care like let's say you let's say you beat houston and you get you know you lose to gonzaga by like 
nine to 12, like good yeah. for you. Gonzaga is yeah. going to be my pick to win the national championship. I don't give a damn. Yeah. Like yeah. That, that team is good. Like that, that team Very is, good. I think that team is in a tier of its own right now. Like, yeah, like they're, they're up there, like it's tier one. And then there's like a tier two and it's Baylor, Illinois, Kansas, all those teams, Villanova. But I think Gonzaga is the clear cut favorite to win this year. Yeah. And I want to see this Houston matchup because, you know, there's going to be some, you know, how U of H fans, they, they're, they're annoying, but you know, there's going to be some um, bad blood per se. Cause you remember, you know, they have those secret scrimmages. They're not really secret because everyone knows about them, oh, but yeah. you know, U of H, they did come to Lubbock two years ago. We beat the hell out of them. Got blasted the hell out of them. by 40 plus. Yeah. We beat the hell out of them. So, you know, and, and that was the team. I think they beat Carolina that year. We never, you know, they, they beat them that year. So I'm yep. going to be, Potentially, you know, some bad blood. You know, Tech, Gonzaga's probably going to have some bad blood if he beat U of H and play Tech. You know, we beat them, to, you know, to advance to the Final Four. So, this – I'm, I'm so ready for college basketball. I feel like I'm just so ready for it. It's not too far away, just about a month away. We'll uh, talk about mm-hmm. it a lot more on the pa- podcast moving forward. Um, he's Tobias Bass. You can follow him at Tobias underscore Bass on Twitter. You can follow me at RCM. B323 and I'm RC Maxwell Tobias. You got one more thing or what? Oh, one more thing is I'm, I'm going to be in Dallas covering a McDonald's All American camp. So if you have any questions for me, Jalen Tyson, a tech recruit, will be there. There's some other guys that tech have offered to be there as well. So if you have any questions for me, I'll be down there probably trying to answer them as best as I can. I'm sure I'll have some video and things like that as well. Is Debo going to be there? Debo Coleman? Yeah, he's, yeah, he's going to be there as well. We got to get that Debo Coleman interview, man. Yeah, he'll be, he'll, yeah, he'll be there. I've, I haven't seen there. There's also some younger guys too, like the 2022 class and 2023 class that Tech has offered, or I think they plan on offering, will also be there as well. There you go. Yeah, so Tobias is going to have all that content up on gunsupnation.com. He's going to hopefully get some interviews there, and then he'll write a little recap too from – what I understand to put it up on the website from that McDonald's yeah. All-American camp this weekend in Dallas. Right. So be on the lookout for that. And then if you want to follow him for all that good coverage, um, you can follow at Guns Up Nation, but more importantly, follow his Twitter at Tobias underscore Bass. And Guns Up Nation will be tr- retweeting him all weekend long, especially when it comes to Tyson and Coleman and other potential Texas Tech targets. But that's going to do it for today. But before we end the podcast, got to thank Two Docs one more time. Go get some great beer from Two Docs. Listen to live music, social distance accordingly. They got great food out there at 502 Texas Avenue in downtown Lubbock. You get free shipping on $49 or more on your order on twodocsbrewing.com. If you use the promo code GUNSUP, again, that promo code is GUNSUP, and you will get free shipping on your orders of $49 or more. Go see our friends down at Two Docs, support a local business, and tell them Guns Up Nation sent you. Again, he's Tobias Bass. I'm R.C. Maxfield. We'll catch you all next time, guys. Wear a mask and stay safe. Thanks for listening to the Guns Up Nation podcast. The opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the podcast hosts and do not reflect the opinions of Texas Tech University or its affiliates. Visit our website at GunsUpNation.com for more Texas Tech news. Thanks again and Guns Up.